You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. The 2022 NFL Draft is officially in the books, and friend of the show, Mr. Chris Vanger, was on site in Las Vegas to take in the action. We're live, kind of. Welcome back. Live. Do it live. Do it live. With that Bill O'Reilly? Yeah. Well, do it live. Asshole. I know. Uh, well, his career is over now, so yeah, don't have to worry about that anymore. Exactly. Uh, all right, so you were in Las Vegas. Oh, I was over the draft weekend. I was. I got there late. I got there on Saturday, so technically I had missed the first two days. But yeah, but still you felt a part of it. Were you there for the draft? No. Just say no. Yes. We what? Just say yes. Oh yes, I was. I'm the. I, I was hoping. I was hoping that a show would call me so I could be the correspondent. I got so inspired by ESPN setting up their their uh, setups on the Bellagio fountains, which is my favorite fountains in Vegas, and I was inspired to go be a correspondent for someone. So thank you for you know having me on your show to discuss the 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 draft 2022 NFL draft. Did they end up not using that floating stage that they built? They used it. Was that like thought, the backside of the stage or what? I don't, I feel like something, I feel like, so what you were watching it and, and the four commentators were all set up, right? Like with everything behind them. And then I feel like there was another stage where they probably did some live stuff because they had sectioned off to where people could gather in front of that stage. So I assume they were doing some things that maybe they weren't televising. Okay. Cause what I saw initially was like, they're building this floating stage that was yeah. going to be, like you said, out on that Bellagio Lake. But yeah. then as I as I watched the draft, they had the stage set up where there was like a pit that was several hundred feet deep full of all the different fan bases that were gathered there. And that's where Roger Goodell was. That was the draft. Was, yeah, that okay. was the actual draft. And so and the other I, thing was just the uh, ESPN the, the booth stage. Gotcha. Yeah, it was like ESPN set up to 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 broadcast the draft, whatever they whatever whoever's idea was, it was pretty cool. All right. So what were your, I guess, what was the biggest impression for you being there over the weekend? Uh, the biggest impression being in Vegas of uh, that the NFL it reigns supreme as, as just it amazes me just their off. Like no one does this for the Major League Baseball draft or no one does this for the, the NBA draft somewhat. But they do the NBA draft like at halftime of a game. Right. This is the only league that literally. It's three days of madness, and you go out and support your team. Everybody was wearing their jersey uh, and supporting their team, like a tattoo on their body. It's part of them. And the NFL just gets you to connect to their teams. And I think I was there seeing young kids, just lives being changed. That's what it felt like to me. I'm in this town, and so many young people's lives are being changed right as we speak. And I thought that was awesome. I love the draft. It is a unique environment in that... The NFL's marketing certainly has no restrictions in how it presents its offseason activities. Like yeah. watch, watching everything that happened this offseason, I was like, I would rather watch this than 
hockey or basketball right well, now. Well, I mean, ultimately, sports are reality shows, right, for men. That's yep. how someone, and, it's, and so just because the game stops doesn't mean the reality show can't continue. And I think the NFL does the best job of it of any of the leagues of keeping you engaged with their content all season. And, it, and this season was just wild. Like, they couldn't have predicted this. I think there's just ways now that teams are good. With the Rams winning the Super Bowl and doing it without the draft and just doing it with getting great players, I feel like it's a copycat league. So that's what provoked this offseason is that teams are like, well, fuck. The Rams went all in and they won. We got to go all in. So now it's every team is copying what the Rams did to try and just make these super teams kind of like every other league. And that's what these teams are doing. And it's probably going to work because the Rams more formula works. Great players produce great results. Yeah. And the Bucks had done it the year before that. Where, exactly. You know, Brady had made that move. All of those players started coming over to Tampa to play with Tom and to, know, to know that they had a chance to win a Super Bowl. So there is definitely something to be said for that kind of culture. And it's something that they borrowed from other leagues. I mean, we've seen it yep. in the NBA a lot. You saw it yep. with the Lakers when they first got LeBron, like that organization needed to be back in the conversation of winning championships and bringing LeBron James to your team automatically puts them in that conversation. Now I'm not going to have a discussion about his career or anything like that, but you look yeah, at yeah. the, the year since then and it's like, okay, well, now what's happening to this team? But yeah, so from the Lakers' perspective, they don't care. They won that one championship. It doesn't matter if they don't win or compete for the next 10 years. It's like, they as care. Long as they, they eh. care. They got the, I, I listen, as a fan, and it's like, you see all the Lakers studs get having success other places. And you could have been like, well, if we would have had a couple of years of terribleness, we could have had all these guys on our team and been really good, fun, young team to watch. Because right now in the NBA, it seems like you got to have the young, fun guys. But, right, I mean, the Warriors are still around, but they're in a dogfight with fucking Memphis, who's just got young studs. Yeah, I think just the way basketball is going, like, obviously the young talent will take over sooner or later. No, I know. And it's like, as a Laker fan, we kind of have to make a choice. Like, how long do we ride with LeBron and, you know, the teams that he wanted to create as he closes out his career as a legend? Are those going to produce more championships or are we just, like, blow it up? Go do something else, LeBron. Like, we love what you did here. You got us this one championship. But the teams that you've created since then and where we are, cap space, like, didn't work. And what they're saying is that the only players available on the Lakers or the unavailable on the Lakers are Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Austin Reeves. Those are the three we're keeping. Otherwise, they're going to blow it up and try to figure something out to make these last couple of years with LeBron a winning team because this Lakers season was one of the worst in history. We thought we had a great team and a team that didn't even make the playoffs and didn't even care and didn't play defense and got injured. And it's like, I can't go through another one of those. I don't, I don't want to, but our cap space and what we traded away our draft picks, like we can't generate a young team like a Memphis, like a Miami. Who's got a great young team, like a fucking Boston. Who's got a great young team. Like we had an opportunity to make those teams and we chose LeBron and AD and we got a chip, but right now it's sad. Well, the reason I draw that comparison is because as somebody who has been a fan of a team that has never won a Super Bowl, yep. you know, I don't necessarily speak for the whole fan base, but a lot of the fan base would trade everything, everything to, to get the one. Exactly. Yep. And so sure. what the Rams did was justify the cost of the stadium and then moving to L.A. by winning that Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if. They don't make the playoffs this year. It doesn't matter if they suck for the next 10 years going forward. They got, they got the this. They got the Super Bowl. They won in the short period of time that they gave themselves to be successful. And 
that's all that matters because now it's Agreed. like hey it's a destination to come play in la in this nice stadium and be part of a a culture that wins super bowls and so you know i think in that regard the value of going all in to win a championship in the short term does more for a franchise than like hey let's be competitive and hang around in the conversation for many years for sure and I will say this, that maybe the Lakers championship was a little different because it was the COVID bubble championship. So yeah. it wasn't in front of our fans. We didn't get a parade. So it's a little different than these other chips that are setting the tone for these franchises. Again, the Lakers have won 17, 16, 17 championships, whatever it is, and our culture of winning. And so when you win, they are not a type of franchise that can Florida Marlins it to where they can be great have a chip and then go shitty for six years and then get a chip like that's a formula that can work for certain teams but for the lakers we need to be good every year the lakers and had several bad years at the end of kobe's career though agreed agreed it sucks i don't like it i don't like <laughs> having these legends where we suck like i loved the kobe years and i loved the end of his career where he had the eight you know the the game in new york to end it and then but we weren't winning we weren't in the playoffs. And if that's going to be LeBron, where he's just going to be setting records, but we're terrible, those are tough games to watch. And I, as a Laker fan, if I had rev expendable income to go spend on the Lakers, if you're not putting winning product on the floor, like that's tough. Yeah, you're a little bit of an older fan, yeah. as am I. So like we we care about winning yeah. as opposed to like, hey, just give me some stars that, you know, are big personalities but don't win games um for sure but speaking of big personalities and stars and winning what is going on with Debo Samuel you know what it sounds like and, and this could be a combination of everything I love what the 49ers organization is staying quiet on it like they could obviously do what Debo is trying to do like well the way Debo's handled it sucks like you're the leader fucking you're one of my favorite players and of athletes of all time and the way you're acting for some reason how, what what provoked that now it's so funny that social media Debo is very active on social media a lot of these young players are and they interact with fans mm -hmm. and I think the 49ers fan base is very active on social media and very emotional and overreacts and you know the fact that I heard Debo is getting death threats for wanting more money it's like what is that true it. what he deserves that money not the he death deserves threats, that sorry. money after he that does season. not deserve death threats he does not deserve death threats. He's single-handedly, I don't know how many wide receivers are leading their team out of the locker room in meaningful games. Can't be too many. Uh, but obviously, in the NFL, you need a stud wide receiver to get far. I know you need a stud quarterback, but it seems like the teams that were the last in the league, which were the Chiefs, Bengals, Rams, 49ers, all had stud wide receivers. They, had, they didn't all have stud quarterbacks, I'll tell you that much, but they all had stud wide receivers. And the fact that Debo wants his money is appropriate. It's of course we knew it was going to raise the wide receiver market. We saw what was happening. We have to set. We have to sign another guy. His name is Nick Bosa. So we have both of them. And so I think the 49ers, their negotiating processes in the past have not been very, you know, on the up and up all the time. It takes a while for Kittle and Warner to get their bag. And the same thing happened with Debo. We probably lowballed him. We have him for one more year. So there's no urgency on our part except for to like do Debo right but we have him one more year on the rookie deal for four million dollars and could just make him play it out and the way the new CBA is if he wants to sit out and pull all these you know 
the what all these players do and then hold out he's just going to sit a year and in the past they could hold out and get a year of free agency wrong he would sit out and still be a 49er for another whole year based on the new cba so he has no leverage except for the 49ers to do it right and our organization doesn't always do players right right away we get to a point we get to a negotiating process so i think we're in the middle of this negotiating negotiation process and debo is not happy with it and he's taking to social media now whether that is for per his agent tory dandy who reps aj brown who reps dk metcalf and all these receivers were holding out anyway and obviously it worked for aj brown aj brown wasn't going to sign with tennessee tennessee wasn't going to sign him and he got paid by Philly and went on to a much better, you know, situation. So we'll all see. these receivers are trying to get paid. And I think the 49ers feel like they can pace Debo when it's ready, but they just don't feel the urgency right now. Plus they have 27 million on their books from Jimmy G. And so they don't have the money yet to just give Debo. I feel like they've made him some good offers. I feel like the offers are comparable to what AJ Brown has got. Something has happened with Debo, whether it's the fans, whether it's his relationship, him and Kyle were best friends. He's telling Kyle, give me the ball when we had a first down on a turnover from Dallas. What's this whole usage thing? Like he wants the ball in his hands. So now in his head, he talked to somebody and he gets the ball in his hands and he's now scared about his money. I understand that. And we're going to pay you. But the way he's handling it is just creating this. And again, I'm just hearing what the media reports and what he says on social media. But it seems like their relationship has soured and he still wants to be traded even though he didn't get traded during the draft. As a 49er fan, I don't want to trade him. He's the leader. But if he's going to be negative Nancy and not want to be used as much, then then I guess we'll trade you. But it's only in our best interest to trade you for what you're worth, which is multiple first-round picks. And no one offered that. They offered you the 10 pick and a later a swapping pick, which is nothing. It's not even what teams got for Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. So... The league isn't valuing you as high as these other two. The league is saying you are successful because of the situation you're in. And the whole, well, not wanting to be used like that, that depletes your value. So you really want to go to the Jets and play with Zach Wilson? Like, you're not going to be the same player. So I don't understand any of this. I am hoping that Kyle can work it out and we offer him the right contract and and everything gets squashed. Because winning, you know, if you when you win, everything is squashed. We were winning. We were so close, Debo. We had the fucking chance that everyone thinks is the best team of the decade, seems like. The Rams, we had them down 17-7 to start the fourth. So we're there, and we got a new QB. So I don't understand why. That's my feelings on it. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I just, like you said, uh, looking at the the market value for an elite wide receiver right now is astronomical yeah it's it's as big as some small uh like middle middle up quarterback contracts right like adams and uh stefan diggs like these guys have signed contracts that i think are were bigger than matt ryan's at the time Uh, i don't know if that's still the case but you're talking 25 million dollars for a wide receiver who hamstring ankle but so many different little knickknack injuries can uh really deplete your production it's a hard number to justify spending on a receiver like you said and 
Debo is in a position to be injured more than those other guys because of the role that he's going to play. And I did read a little bit here and there. Uh, you know, it's, it wasn't his words. It was. Who knows what these guys are reporting? They're reporting exactly. that he wants to go back to South Carolina and play. Like, where did that come from? Like, I know he wants to play on the East Coast. He seems like an East Coast guy. He was training in Miami. I'm sure if his, his druthers, he would go play for Miami and Mike McDaniel. Is that a reason why maybe he wants to leave? Because Mike McDaniel ran our running game and Debo was an imperative running game. So did he have a better relationship with Mike McDaniel? And I think, I don't know. I just. Yeah, it's possible. He is a big key to our team. And the only way we could give him up is if we, in, you know, increase made our team that much better and i don't think the 10 pick and a swap was going to do that and i you know not even the four pick if they're like hey you want the four pick we're like i'm like no we have the second or third best maybe not the best wide receiver in football and and he just he gets he, he needs to be paid 49ers and their front office needs to do right by him and give him a contract. And if he rejects a good, a fair contract as one of the top wide receivers in football, then he wants to play somewhere else. And he's choosing this career path for him, which is fine. He can do whatever he wants. But I just think you're not going to win as many Super Bowls anywhere else. And you were the leader. How is this leading by example? Were you not the leader? I understand you need to get paid, but this, the way you're doing it on social media is just not. As a fan, I'm liking you less and less by the day. I loved you. You're my fucking profile photo on certain social media things. When I took a photo of you at the game, I'll never forget you scoring the touchdown to ties in the NFC Championship where you were coming at me. You were running to me. Like, I'll never forget that. I cracked my phone. My phone is cracked. I'd get it fixed, but I like looking at it and being like, oh, that's the Debo crack because it gives me a good memory. <laughs> but... but Debo, come on, we're going to pay you. If we're not, then say, hey, this is what they offered me and they're lowballing me. But all this shit on social media that I don't know what's happening as a fan, I'm getting tired of it. And I don't, if you were listening to this, Debo, like I'm sure you'd be like, well, I want to get paid. Like, great. I want you to lead my football team and I want you to win us a Super Bowl. I'm relying on you to do that. I'm relying on you to take our rookie quarterback that the only reason you're going to be able to get paid is because we don't have to pay this rookie quarterback a lot of money yet. We will. And who knows if we'll be able to afford him after we pay you. But right now, I'd rather have you. So, so then what's the number? I mean, what's Tyreek making? Oh, close to 30. 30. million? Close to, yeah. Yeah, Maybe it's got to be around there. And it's got to be in the same like 50 to 60 guaranteed money that, that A.J. Brown got. That's what receivers are making. And we want to win a Super Bowl now. We want this guy on our team. But... I'm not going to give you all this money if you're going to act like a diva. Like, this is showing a side of you that I didn't know about. I thought you were just a dog. I thought you were just fucking leading our football team out and just want to play. You're crying on the sidelines after we lose the NFC Championship. I'm like, that's what I want. I want that from my leader. But this other side you're showing me to get paid is making me like you a little less and less. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, with that in mind, what do you think of how the Niners drafted with this kind of like looming over them. They didn't take a receiver uh, with their first pick, which was uh, not until the second round. And right. they didn't we take a receiver it. with their second pick, uh, which was third yeah. round. I think the number 93 very, overall. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, they took the gray kid, right? Danny gray was the 105th overall pick. Okay. Now I like that pick and I don't think that's like a replacement pick for Debo Samuel. I think the 49ers love speed. Right? Didn't we draft a running back also? Uh, right? Yes, I think he was the number two. Yeah. The the Davis yeah, Price. What, yeah, exactly. Like I love that pick. 
more running backs, the better. More speed, the better. Uh, and yeah, Mostert's gone, so you definitely needed a running back. Mostert's gone. I don't really believe in Trey Sermon yet. I love Mitchell. Mitchell's our starting running back, but like one more running back ain't going to hurt. And I think that, you know, we didn't draft a safety. So I thought we were kind of maybe going to go in for Matthew, but he signed with the Saints today. Congratulations to the Honey Badger. Goes home. But we are going with our safeties to various more and, and Jimmy Ward. And um, I don't even know if we re-signed Tart. I think Tart might still be a free agent out there. Uh, but we're going with the rookie we drafted last year, Tafunga. So we're going, I, and we have our corners and we, we have our defense. And I feel like we're pretty set. And, I, you know, we drafted, I think we drafted a center because Alex Mack might retire, uh, I think. Uh, but I don't even know if that center would, you know, we feel like we'd have to sign a center if Mack retired, which he hasn't retired yet. We got to let us know, Alex. Like, let us know if you're going to retire. And it seems like he might be retiring. Uh, you took uh, Spencer Buford, O-line, 134th overall. And he played primarily left tackle. Is that who you're talking about? Him. I didn't see a center. It's, not that, it's not that this guy cannot play center, no, but you also I know. I don't think, but no, usually you draft a center. The Ravens picks. drafted the best center, I think, with their first round pick. The Ravens seemed like they were getting fucked in the draft and they ended up having a great draft. They uh, did. They, they had a very Ravens draft for sure. Yeah. They're like O line, uh, secondary, and. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think they were hoping. I mean, the draft kind of fell like the media creates the draft, in my opinion, like for sure they do like the first five or six picks were all the big name players. And I'm like, well, that's kind of high. These experts were saying that these this team should go this other way. But the, it was just like kind of like what the draft is supposed to do is draft the best player. Like what Stingley went three. That was kind of surprise. Right. Uh-huh. The first two. First of all, they draft Walker over Hutchinson. Right. Isn't Hutchinson supposed to be better? But I guess Walker. Hutchinson had more production and like more that you could see, but Trayvon Walker got picked mostly for his athleticism. And, and then yeah. oddly enough, it was uh who's the first O line been taken. Or no, the guy from the the Giants that was drafted. Evan Neal. Evan Neal, yeah. I think yeah. they were showing tape of him kind of giving Walker a lot of problems. Oh, really? Uh in the, the title game. Yeah. So it was like, all right, those. So the number one overall pick, you know, went five picks higher than a guy that he struggled with one on one on the biggest stage of college football. So the Jags are drafting his future, not necessarily his no, for sure. impact I mean, in game one. Yeah, the Jags had to go defense. Um, yeah. I just thought that Hutchinson was like a block beast. And I think Detroit gets a gift that they get their hometown boy. All these teams got their hometown boys. Pick it. Right, went to Pittsburgh. That was cool. Yeah. I cried. I think I cried watching his the video with his family and how excited he was. Like a perfect situation. It's not so crazy. Mitch Trubisky, it's not. Not for Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> but if I'm Mitch, that motivates me even more because it's not like this kid's going to come in and start right away. And Mitch has a head start on him, I would hope, with the playbook. You'd and hope. Mitch is a veteran, and Mitch wants to start. And Mitch is kind of the same player as Pickett, Right. And uh, from what I've seen from Pickett, Pickett looks like he's a little bit more uh, athletics first, where like he's a little bit more willing to use his athleticism. Where Mitch, like yeah. he's not slow, it just he doesn't really like put it in his in his arsenal that like I'm gonna go break the pocket and run. No, a lot. no, no, for sure. Of course, this kid is in college is gonna break the pocket and use his athleticism, but then it's gonna take him a season on the field to realize he can't do that. 
Yeah. Can't do that against these grown men making millions of dollars playing for their lives. Yeah. This so, six, eight, 300 pounder. Exactly. So Mitch, you are. So, good so luck. Mitch already knows that. And I feel like Mitch has his, the veteran years experience work was, by the way, it couldn't help. I would say you have a player work under the best quarterback in the league for a couple of years. He comes out of that a bit better. And you he worked so. under Josh Allen and, and, and Josh is the man right now. So I feel like Mitch is going to be better and drafting a QB. I would hope it would motivate him to up his play and that each practice, everybody's play would be elevated because these guys are playing for a job. And I feel like Mitch gets first crack and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's probably accurate. So of your, uh, of your draft picks, is there one guy from the 49ers that you're, that you were very excited to have them draft or I would say Drake was his name. Drake London is yeah. that his name. The mm-hmm. the first so. D lineman. Drake, we drafted. Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson. The Edge, other, Edge Rusher from USA. Yeah. I mean, I, I love our, our, our team does such a great job of identifying strength on the defensive line. And I feel like our defensive line is going to be one of the best in the league next year. We already have one of the best DNs in the league. Um, but that DN makes everybody better. And so we draft a kid that's going to learn from Bosa, uh, West Coast kid. And I love that. Um, and I loved our second, I think our second pick was the running back who's mm-hmm. fast, mm-hmm. who they show me, you show me videos of him hitting holes and running fast. That's all we need. So I love those first two picks. Um, and then I kind of didn't pay attention to like the, the back four picks like I saw on social media. Um, and the gray kid, I'm kind of excited about Southern, right? So SMU, um, uh, yes. they say he's really fast. So it's like, just give us more weapons. Um, but honestly, are these kids going to be playing a lot of minutes next year? Probably not. We draft our draft picks the year before really didn't play that many minutes, except for Mitchell. Mitchell came out of nowhere. I think we got him in the fifth round and had a, you know, worked hard over the off season to be ready. And I feel like a lot of these kids do that same thing. So it's going to be tough to get minutes on our team next year. And I would hope they all work really hard to try and just be ready for the moment. Cause you're honest, you're getting drafted by a team that's looking to win the Super Bowl next year. So. Yeah. And where was the Niners first round pick? Didn't have one. Yeah. Traded where, did, it. where did that go? That went to, I want to say Miami mm. who traded it maybe to somebody or who used it. It was late. It was late in the first round. I mm. feel like they moved it along somewhere. Um, but yeah, we didn't have a first round pick. Pretty much Trey Lance was our first round pick. So Yeah, it looks like it somehow got involved in the New England uh swap. Cause I see San Francisco, Miami, Kansas City, then New England. So San Francisco gave it to Miami, who gave it to Casey, who gave it to New England. There you go. At number twenty nine. There you go. Okay. Uh and the Bills had a good draft, right? You got that corner. Yeah. We got how do you say his name? Kair Elam. Yep. Love it. Number Great one. Uh, yeah, big body reminds me kind of of like, Cromarty. Uh, yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen from him, like he's more like raw uh, competition and athleticism at this point. But yeah. uh, I like his body, like 6'1", 200, like yep. big corner uh, to replace Levi. Uh, a little bit more of a like athletic style of play than levi wallace like levi was a good smart defender big body kind of like lanky as well so he could get his hands on some stuff uh but i like elam to go along with uh jackson on the other side while trey gets healthy yep and then we got dalvin cook's little brother in round two yep 
Uh, Who I heard I'm, is better out of the backfield. I love that pick because sometimes you just like you get these situations where like the little brother is always like trying to get out of the shadow yeah. of the older brother. And so like you saw it with like Venus and Serena and you saw it with uh, Kit and Dottie Henson in League of Their Own. Yeah. Well, like John Jones, you know, his two older brothers play in the NFL. And he just goes out and like despite his personal problems ends up being like arguably the greatest fighter in the history yeah. of the sport. So. It's like that the chip on the shoulder of being the younger brother in uh, a family with some high profile athletes usually goes a long way. He's a nice addition to the backfield with the guys that are already there. And yeah, then, no, you guys are the odds on favor to win the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Shouldn't you be? Besides the know. NFC teams. Let's like get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't want to see that from the Bills. Like they just they need to play within themselves. No, I know, but with the anymore. Chiefs losing Hill. Yeah, right? and Matthew. And Matthew, I would think that you couldn't say that they're a better team than the Bills, even they're though they not. beat the Bills last year with the new overtime rules. That everything's changed for the Chiefs, pretty much. I mean, Tyreek Hill um, had like a seventy-yard catch in that uh, overtime as well. Yeah, and sure, he got like called that. for a penalty. Yeah. So, I I think that that they the Bills are the should be. I I wish I would have looked at what the Super Bowl futures were, but I would say the Bills. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they took a linebacker. So the needs that I thought they needed the most was linebacker, but they re-signed Tyrell Dodson in the off season. So I think they're going to, they're going to do something besides just playing nickel 99% of the yeah. time. Um, and especially with being a little thin at corner while Trey like gets his leg fixed. Uh, so getting another linebacker for depth is good. Then they got Khalil Shakir, uh, from Boise state, who nice. is a nice kind of playmaking young right wide receiver so he's gonna kind of i think fill into the punt return kick return role that mckenzie was on the last couple seasons as mckenzie cool. starts to be more of a slot receiver yeah. and he can he can take some slot snaps too uh they drafted the guy that they call punt god from san diego state oh uh, you guys drafted the punt god yeah that's that he fell people were like why is anyone drafted yeah. he's supposed to have you and you've read about this guy uh, yeah, it's like his, he set the record for average punt distance yeah. last season. Uh, his career punt averaged like 50 yards, but yeah. when you look at it, his hang time and his touchbacks are really high. So he kicks the ball into the end zone a ton he's and not, he kicks lasers. He's not good at what I, at what I heard because I was like, oh, that's a great draft pick. Supposedly he's not good at the coffin corner and pinning teams back. Neither is Matt Hawk, though. So, okay. and but yeah, can, current, I'm sure he can learn, and I'm sure that he can. He does kick the shit out of the ball, so he, that is yeah, a I weapon him, in itself. I saw him kick like a 80, 90 yarder. Is ridiculous. If you can <laughs> switch field position, if you go three and out, because that's such a major part of football. Like you, you get the ball, you go three and out, you punt. The other team gets starting field position on the thirty-five or forty because you didn't do anything. If you're able to punt from your own fifteen to get them back to their own fifteen, that's a massive weapon. Yeah, so I think, you know, I don't think it's a, a downgrade upon it for us. Just Matt Hawks, no, his mechanics are so slow that it's every time the Bills were punting, it was like, oh, my God, it's going to get blocked. Yeah. So after that, they went back, they drafted more depth at corner, and then they went uh, O-line linebacker again. So it's like they dressed all the issues where I felt that they need to legitimately focus on. So I was happy with the draft. Uh, they got pretty. They, they got pretty good draft grades from basically everybody. You know, they were in the A range, uh, so I'm happy with that. A lot of yeah, people I mean, were in love with the uh, the Jets draft, and I'm like, you know what? It's not that they drafted bad. They obviously took good players, but 
the Jets aren't bad because they don't have um, talent. They're bad because everything starts with the offensive line. They never have an offensive line. Agreed. That's a really good point. I thought they did have a great draft, but they had three first-round picks. So if you don't have a great draft with three first-round picks, then what are you doing? Yeah, but look uh, what they did. They went Sauce Gardner, like great talent, good pick. I can't blame them for taking like the best overall corner at number four. That's fine. Yep. Then you go wide receiver, uh, Garrett Wilson. I'm like, okay. Who was supposed to be the best wide receiver in the class. Okay, so it's like you're going talent, and then with your third pick, defensive end. Then your fourth pick, running back. But that defensive end <laughs> was being regarded as one of the top 10 players in the draft. Yeah, I'm and saying like. fell they, to the late first round. They loaded up on talent, but unless they ever decide to address the offensive line, like their talent isn't going to do anything for them. Well, they didn't get rid of Mekhi Becton, right? They kept him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they were their big left tackle. I think is a kid named Becton who hasn't performed as well as they would have hoped. And they were there was talk that they were going to trade him and move on from him, but they still have him. So you know, it really falls on Zach Wilson's shoulders, and it falls on Robert Saleh's. Uh, team coaching style to get that team ready to play every single play with a lot of energy. Zach didn't show me anything last year, whether he, you know, didn't have offensive line, didn't have weapons. There were some great moments with Elijah Moore. And I think Elijah Moore is a fantastic receiver, but Zach Wilson had a lot of pressure on him to start the season as the two pick, you know, and it happens when you have these like social media videos of him, like throwing all these crazy passes and he's in practice being like, yeah, it's not, he didn't look that good. He didn't look like he could just make the easy throw. But again, a bad team, bad offensive line. I feel like we got it. You know, same with Trevor Lawrence. He didn't look that good either. But, you know, improve these teams. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence had some moments, but there was a lot of, like, Very stepping. frustrating player yeah, to watch if you're on your fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, I would have never taken him in my well, fantasy Well, I mean, I, I think I had him in, a like, a keeper league, and so he was cheap, and, and so you could keep him if you... And, but he was, you know, first-round pick on a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. you think he would just get i'm sure he got experience again not that best offensive line no running game really even though they did have james robertson that etn got hurt does that change it if etn doesn't get hurt does lawrence have a better year i don't know he just didn't seem it, it just seems like in the nfl it's so fast it takes a second for you to learn it yeah well i would say the jets gave up the fourth most sacks last season yep. and the sixth least uh rushing yards on offense so, so it's go. like they That's don't run. They don't. So bad. Yeah, they don't run the ball and they don't pass protect. So it's like, unless <laughs> I, the under, way, I understand wanting the to ball draft all the time, Robert. Like you think. have a rookie quarterback with a bad offensive line, but I guess it's just the the way the games work. The defense didn't play that well. Like Robert Saleh's on the hot seat. You don't win with this talent on your. It's young talent, but you don't win mm. some more games more than I think you're on the hot seat. They're in a tough division to win. Uh not that they're going to win the division, but like you have to play a very well coached Patriots team that like beat the absolute breaks off you twice last season, a Bills team that really throttled you twice, and a Miami team that, you know, up or down, like Miami's loaded with talent too. So maybe, yep. maybe you sneak in two wins of your six division games. Uh, and you maybe like they were competitive. They beat uh, the Titans and the Bengals so it's like when the Jets play their best football they are capable was and that actually, Zach Wilson games were those Zach uh, Wilson games? one was I believe Zach Wilson and one was uh the other guy Mike White the very yeah. shortly lived hype of Mike White he had a great um, game that one one game he did and I think that was against the Bengals um 
But the Jets, like, they average 4.4 a carry, but they just haven't found the identity as a run team, and they give up too many sacks. So Good luck to them. Well, you should yeah. have sent us two first-round picks and Elijah Moore, and you would have had Debo Samuel on your team because that yeah. was my minimum. Two first, four and ten, and give us more. <laughs> yeah, so now they have Elijah Moore. They have Corey Davis. They have uh, the kid they just drafted, uh, this yeah. year, Garrett Wilson. So it's like they're loaded at receiver. Uh, Tevin Coleman re-signed. They have Michael Carter. So it's like they're not short at running back either. They just need to be able to actually, like, play football and it's hard to do that when your offensive line uh is not great yes it is yes it is it is all right well i think that's enough i know you got some work to do yeah i gotta i gotta do something for the hours I, if you ever well i, I appreciate you taking the time and uh yeah of course with us. thanks for asking uh, me let's talk let's 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 do this again and we'll, we'll do it again it. To, to me it's officially football season so we'll have we'll have it wasn't even gone for a second <laughs> it really wasn't i know i just i needed a break from doing it twice doing the show twice a week oh, of and course we're going to experiment and do some other things with the show that aren't sports related and oh uh, nice so yeah i gotta i gotta spend some time developing that stuff but yes thank you for uh stopping by i hope you had a Thanks good time me. in vegas hope you oh, won yeah. some money it's it's such a i cannot wait till it's uh legal to gamble in california I know a friend of mine that I was talking to that that uh, another podcaster who I know through Twitter I believe it was Jeff Hooks of the Let It Ride podcast the homie yeah he said that one of the arenas in Washington DC I think it's maybe the hockey basketball arena has a Uh sports book in the arena like we were talking about what I wanted here at uh at uh, SoFi. It's like, yeah, I want to go up and be able to place my bet on what's going to happen in this quarter. Yeah, but you can do that on your phone. Why does the location need to have it? I don't know. That's fair with me. But at the same time, like California is technically, you know, illegal. I want to be able to do it well, right no, no, there. No. You can do it on your when it's legal. You can't do it legally on your phone now. Correct. You can do it legally on your phone when the we vote in March or November, wherever we vote when it's on the ballot which will pass. It'd be stupid mm-hmm. if it doesn't. I don't understand why it wouldn't unless, you know, the only reason I hear is that people want Vegas wants you to go to Vegas to bet. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. I'm still using Vegas property apps. I'm going to use the bet MGM Caesars app, mm-hmm. whatever it is to place my bets. It's the same as me being there, except for like the city of Vegas and me participating in buying dinners and everything. But I don't understand why you'd make so much money in California off gambling just like you're making in the other states. So it will be legal here and I'll be able to be in the stadium and look, go to my bet MGM at and be like, oh, the Rams are down seven or the 49ers are down seven. I'm going to live bet them uh, to come back. And so I get the location, but I feel like at some point everywhere in the country is going to be legal to gamble and you can just have it on your phone. I want to be able to go to the, conce- like the horse races yeah i want to go to the concession stand grab myself like a hot dog a pretzel and a soda and parlay that with uh over under in the third quarter yeah okay I and think i think that you think just be happy it's a four, it's a four leg phone. that's a four leg parlay i'll eat the hot dog and the pretzel and drink the soda and then all i need is that over under to hit the physical ticket i almost signed up for it this time around. i never sign up for the for the the app they when you go and bet in the sportsbook now they have six or seven people with this tablet on them that they're going to register for the app they have to confirm your id they have to connect it to your bank and then you can legally bet in the state that the legal the they knew your location so you can place a bet in nevada 
uh, but not in California, but I could place a bet in Nevada, then drive home. And if that bet hits while I'm not in Nevada anymore, I still get paid. So that's that's what they're trying. It is nice. So that's what they were trying to do. I never signed up, but I almost did it this time. And uh, I will eventually because, again, it's going to be legal in California. It will. And hopefully that happens uh, before the end of this year. What is it, November that we're voting on that? We have to. Yeah, it's one of them coming up. And and it's so funny you don't see too much promotion of it. Like, I I feel like it'll just be on there. And and who's going to say no? Like, I don't understand why you would say no just because it opens up more casinos potentially to open in California. Is that why? Somebody please think of the children. Exactly. It's like that. I feel like that's Simpson. Exactly. Like, that's that's why people will say no. The pious will say no. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, right, good man. good to see you again. Glad you had a nice trip. Uh, and thanks. Again, you too. Thanks. How for about those halos in first place? No, I know. They, I saw they, be for. <laughs> I saw they just won like six in a row and just finally well, had they that won win five in a row. Now. Won five in a row, and then we lost in like a on Saturday in like a rain shortened game to the White Sox, who's crushed lefties. We threw our one lefty against them on Saturday. He, they crushed them. It was raining. They beat us. And then on, and plus Thor, Syndergaard's scratch was start. Or mm. uh, start was scratched from like an illness. But he's starting tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we're playing now. We're down 2-0 in the sixth. Uh, trying to fight back. And we had a lefty on the hill. So trying to fight back and win another one. Staying in first place. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle all year. Stay healthy. Go Halo. All right, man. Well, right, we'll, man. Pencil, we'll pencil you in for like an all-star game update. All right. Deal. We'll, talk we'll, to we'll you put you on the books for summer. Yeah, I'll talk to you in a couple months. <laughs> See All you, right, man. bro. Bye. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills. Go Bills.